Praise the Lord. You can be seated. It's good to be back in Bismarck. It's been quite a while since I've been here. And I um, <clears throat> was looking out the window this morning and um, had a lot of memories. And uh, my wife said, was it good? And I said, it's all good. Amen. All good. At least that's what we want to remember, right? That's what we want to dwell on, the good things. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Acts this morning. I'll be teaching this morning, and then um, I get accused of being long. And so I'm just going to make one message out of it and divide it and do part of it this morning and then part of it this after, after this one so that we can maybe shorten it up. That'd be all right? Acts chapter 2, very familiar scripture, verse 37 and 38. Acts chapter 2, verses 37 and 38. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 6, verse 3, if you want to turn there. I'm just going to lay three scriptures out as a foundation here. Acts chapter 6, verse 3, Wherefore, brethren, look you out among you seven men, Look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. So look out seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. And then one more, we're going to read Acts chapter 11, verse 24. Acts chapter 11, verse 24. says, for he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. Again, I want to point out, he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith. Praise God. Aren't you thankful for the Holy Ghost? Aren't you thankful for the Holy Ghost? Amen. The the. God dwelling in his people, God working among his people, doing great things. Amen, doing great things. Let's pray one more time. Lord, we love you, and we're so thankful to experience your goodness, your mercy, your amazing grace, your faithfulness. Thank you for allowing us to know you, God. Thank you for calling us, Lord, moving on our hearts and minds, Open up our understanding today. Draw us to you, God. Use us for your glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. You can be seated this morning. <clears throat> On my title, I, I don't know what they titled it up there. I think why I want, why do I need the Holy Ghost? But, but I just have the top of my page, Holy Ghost, and then why, why? 
And um, I think it's important. I, it's, it's, this is going to be very simplistic today, but, um, but I think it's, it's, it's important that we ask why. And um, now if you have a wrong motive, maybe asking why is not always a good thing. But if you have a right motive, I think it's always good to ask why. And I was at a coffee shop yesterday morning there in Spearfish and visiting with Michael, and, and, um, and I, I, I wanted to approach a subject with him and, and um, wasn't quite sure exactly how to get there and, and was praying the Lord would lead. And, and uh, he mentioned the name of, a, of an individual, so that was my key, I thought. And so I entered, I opened up a subject and hoping that if he had never contemplated or thought about it, that it would, um, would put a question mark there. Why? Why is it that, we, that something's necessary? Why do we do what we do? Why, do we, um, why does the Lord tell us things and why does the Lord command us things? And um, there is a good reason to have the Holy Ghost. It's not just to speak in tongues, but there's a really good reason to have the Holy Ghost. And um, it's not a ticket into a social club. I hope everybody here is baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. That, that would be great if everybody was. And if you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, if you haven't repented and, and uh, have been baptized in Jesus' name and received the Holy Ghost, today would be a great day to do that. It's a, it's a fantastic um, thing it's 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 a wonderful experience. The angels are looking into this thing that we call the the new birth. It excites them, and um, it's the greatest thing um, in the world. Receiving the Holy Ghost, being born again, being a new creature in Christ is the greatest thing in all the world. Amen. I I, I suppose some today would. I think it's kind of hard to live in a world and not know what's going on around you. And I believe today there's a Super Bowl going on. And some people would think it's the greatest thing in the world to be there. But let me tell you, the greatest thing in the world is to know God and to be full of the Spirit. But, but when Paul or when Peter was asked the question, what must we do? You know what he said. It's a very familiar scripture to us, right, for those who've been around and if not, if you stick around probably two service, it'll be a familiar scripture to you too. Acts 2 and verse 38, and he said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And, um, and so over the years in my personal experience in dealing with people, and, and uh, I've even had people ask a question, do I have to have the Holy Ghost? Now that tells you a lot, doesn't it, about that person? Not, I'm not. Don't take this in any critical way. It, it, but if they would ask that question, you know, they don't know very much. They don't know much about God. They don't know much about the Scriptures, and um, so it kind of tells you a lot when they would ask that question. But why do we? Why do I need the Holy Ghost? That's a good question to ask. Why do I? Why should I even be seeking the Holy Ghost? Why do I want to have the Holy Ghost? Well, I, I want to touch on a few things today, a few scriptures, 
And, uh, <clears throat> and if you'll turn with me, we're going to cover a few scriptures this morning. John chapter 14, verse 26. John chapter 14, verse 26 says this, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall, what? Now we can, I, I know it's, it's more of a lecture style right here in this, what we're looking at, what it appears to be a lecture style atmosphere, but you can participate. It says the Holy Ghost shall what? Teach, there you go, I like that better. Teach you all things. Isn't that great? The Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Amen. Number one, the Holy Ghost will teach you. The Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, if you receive, when you receive the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost will teach you, establish values, create a way. Um, Romans 12, 2, again, another familiar scripture. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Look what he says here. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And, and, you know, there are people that are doing wrong things, but they honestly think that they're doing the right thing. And there are people doing the wrong thing and, and can't, write, can't quite understand why things are happening to them because they feel like they're doing everything the right way. They're doing, you know, I, I bought my wife some flowers. What's going on in my marriage? And so the Bible says that when you get the Holy Ghost, he will guide you and teach you in all things. And, <clears throat> you know, over the years I've heard that people that have done drugs and I've met people that I can understand why they say that, but, but they said if a person has done drugs and it re, uh, uh, um, I'm not a neurosurgeon or, or anything of that nature, I'm kind of like you, I can just, you know, Google it and figure something out maybe, but, but you have heard over the years that somebody that has done drugs, it's a re, uh, it recircuits the mind. Is that, I don't know, that makes that make sense? You understand what I'm saying on that? It, it kind of, their minds circuits are kind of messed up, but they're not connected, and it, it creates new channels, and they think a certain way, and, and, um, and that's one way that we can look at things and, and say, why wow, that's why a person talks the way they talk or act the way. And some people say that you're products of your environment, right? You were raised that way, and that's the way you think, and that's the way my dad did it, and that's the way my, my family, that's the way the world around me, that, that's the atmosphere, the, and that's the culture that we live in, and that's why we do what we do. And so some people believe that we, um, and, and again, 
rightfully so, I guess, in some of that aspect. But the Bible says when you get the Holy Ghost, he will teach you and guide you. And I'm not an evolutionist. I don't believe in evolution. I believe that God's a creator, that God created everything. And if I was an evolution, I guess much of that would make sense to me. And it would, it would, that would, I guess, okay, I, I can buy that because, you know, we're evolving and then we're creating a world and, and, um, you know, I'm still waiting for that six finger to show up on my hand. That might be more helpful, it seems like sometimes. And so if you believed in evolution, you know, you're evolving and that's the, you have been transformed or conformed because of the world's ways of doing things. But the Bible says that you can be transformed because he's a creator. He's a creator. And, um, and you can be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. It's amazing what truth can do. It's amazing what the word of God can do. It's amazing what light can do in our minds that when the Holy Ghost moves on us and touches our mind, I can think a different way. Amen. I can, I can do things differently that bring righteousness, peace, and joy in my life instead of doing things that hurt me and harm me and cause chaos and destroy people's lives, destroy people's relationships. But when you get the Holy Ghost, he will touch your mind. Amen. And help you to make right decisions. I mean, how many times have you ever heard somebody say, what in the world did they do that for? <laughs> I've even said, what in the world did I do that for? Anybody ever done that? Why in the world did I do that? What, would I, what was I thinking? That's why I pray, God, touch my mind. Help me to think right and do the right thing and say the right thing because you start thinking something, you'll say it and, or do it, and the next thing you know, you got to live with it. And the Holy Ghost can teach us. Now, I want to come back to that in, in just a little bit here. I think I want to come back to that and dwell on that a little bit more later. But number two, why do I need the Holy Ghost? Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 says, anybody know what it says? But you shall receive What? power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And so the Bible lets us know that when we receive the Holy Ghost, we receive power. Now, again, this is a wonderful subject to, to, to go down. It's a, it's a wonderful path to go down. If you, if you ever have time and you so desire, just begin to study the subject of power and maybe look up the word and the definition of the word. See where else it's used in the scriptures for those who like to study but, uh, and, and dig down deeper. But let me just touch on the surface of this. That The Bible says that there is power that we receive when we receive the Holy Ghost. So if you get the Holy Ghost, or if when you had when you receive the Holy Ghost, you receive power. If you don't have it, then you get it. You'll receive power. And um, and now, again, 
understand that this is not the way the world looks at power because they look at power totally different than what God looks at power. And we do use the word, the word, uh, the word that we have here in the scripture for the power of the Holy Ghost. You've probably heard it say it's, it's, uh, it's the, it's the, it's where we get the word dynamite from. So I can see where people can get to some conclusions wrongly, but but the they understand people of uh, the Jews of that day. When you read in the in the scripture, you understand that they understood that you really couldn't do anything without power. You couldn't do anything without authority. Now I'm going to use the word power and authority interchangeably here because I can, <laughs> not because I'm standing behind a pulpit, because that's scriptural, and and, and so. So they understood when they when Jesus was doing miracles, they said, "By what authority do you do these things?" They want to know. You can't. You, no man can do anything unless he has authority to do that. And you and you might your mind might be going to different scriptures right now that says, you know, um, uh, um, the band said, you know, Lord, just 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 uh, just speak the word. And my servant will be healed. You don't need to go there. Just speak that word, and my servant will be healed. Because I'm, I, and he said, I'm a man. I understand authority because I'm a man under authority. So I have power. I can tell people to go here and go there because I have authority. And um, and so, when you receive the Holy Ghost, you receive power. You receive authority in life. Now that's not just to command things and tell people to go here and go there and. Tell angels what to do and that kind of stuff. You know, that's not, that's not always, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's wonderful. And if an angel appeared, that'd be great. And, but, but, man, just to have authority. Let me just do it in a simplistic way here, in a, in a simplistic structure called the family, for example. Just to have powered authority in the family what a, what a wonderful thing that does. What a wonderful work that works. Because the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That sounds great to me. That's what I pray. That's what I want. I want to live in a place where there's peace. Not the world's way. A place where there's joy. And there's righteousness. That sounds like heaven to me. Amen. But the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And, and we can experience that here. I can experience that in my life. When I receive the Holy Ghost, it gives me authority. And so that authority allows me. Now, authority isn't that I can tell my wife, um, you know, hey, go get. <laughs> hey, woman. Go get me a glass of sweet tea because I got authority. Try that and see how that far that gets you. Let me tell you, that ain't the Holy Ghost. <laughs> but actually, authority displayed in Jesus Christ lets us know that we are servants. We are servants. And we serve because we have authority. And in, in my capacity as a husband and, and, a, 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 and, and as a dad, 
that um, in that capacity of authority, if I use it properly, it brings peace to my home. It brings joy in my home. It develops right relationships because I'm using that authority as a means to edify and to build up and to, to benefit others more than myself. And I have authority to do that. Now, that's contrary to what we think of authority, right? And Jesus turned that concept upside down when he, he put a towel around himself and washed his disciples' feet. He was showing them, look at the authority that I have. That just seems so backwards to what the flesh and the world and the, the, the concept of the world is. But when I do that, I have authority. And, and I can, and my position of authority means I also have to lead. Leaders are first to die. Remember that. Leaders are first to die. And, uh, and so as authority, I have the ability to create an atmosphere in my home that is not chaotic. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank God for the Holy Ghost that it, it helps me to understand and teaches me that I can have power and I have authority not to, and let me even say it in this, <coughs> this way, as Paul said, not, not as a Lord's over God's heritage, right? As even in the pastoral position that I would have, that uh, I only have power inside of what God has given to me. I served on a, 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 um, a county council back in Clinton County, Indiana, and there, as serving on that county council, there were sometimes people would come in, and they would come to the county council, and they would request things of us. And I remember a particular woman one time, she just came in, and she made, her, made a big old spill about what she was wanting us to do. And, and finally, uh, um, uh, um, Alan said, you know, as a president of our council, he said, I, I just, I thank you for coming, and thank you for presenting this to us, but but you're in the wrong place. We can't do anything about that. Well, aren't you, aren't you county council? Yeah, but that's not my responsibility. We're the fiscal body of the community. The, the executive body is the county commissioners, and you need to go talk to them. They're the ones that make that decision. And so, it, but we could think that because we have some kind of a position that we can make things happen or do things. That's not my authority. That's what's not given to me. And I, as, as, a, as, a, as a, um, a husband, I have authority, right, over my, uh, uh, my wife and my children for their benefit. But I'm not going to come into your home and start telling your wife what to do. Because I'd be stepping outside of my proper boundaries. And so I have authority inside of that. And so I can do great things, great things inside. When I say great things, remember what I'm talking about here. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. I'm not talking about blowing up buildings and, 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 and moving rocks around. I'm talking about a, a having a right relationship. Some people said, one people have told us, and I've said this before many times, that they looked at me and my wife and they would say, you have a, you're so lucky to have a, a good relationship with your wife. <coughs> it ain't luck. It's not luck. It's being led of the Spirit. It's being led of the Spirit. It's saying, God, 
Help me to say what I need to say. Help me to be what I need to be. Help me to do what I need to do in the right place. And, uh, and so it takes work, doesn't it? It takes work to have a right. We're not lucky if we have a right, a good relationship with our, our spouses. We're not lucky if we have children that are obedient and, and kind and, and respectful. We're not lucky. It takes work, right? Like the guy that told me that one time, I, I think I've used this before, and those who have been around here years ago, back when I was here, I probably, Brother Hussey, I remember you saying that 20 years ago. But it's still true. But the guy said uh, he had to come in and he was singing there in Macon and, and he had his boys with him and they were singing at a quartet, I'm not sure, or more, had all those boys and they were all good singers. Man, I just, fantastic singing. And I, wow, that's a good singing. And I, and I went up to him and said, man, you, that was good singing, you and the boys. And man, you're lucky to have all that talent. He, that was a wrong thing to say. Because he knew, you, has anybody had a child that, can play a piano or something, and you and at home you. They, I don't want to play. You're gonna have to do your lessons today. I'm sure that was going through his mind when I said lucky. <laughs> you know how many times I had to listen to horrible music. <laughs> you know how many times I had to listen to horrible singing. You know how many times I had to fuss with that kid to get him to sing or play. It takes a lot of work, and to say you're lucky, man, that was like a slap in the face. He let me have it. <laughs> that ain't luck, brother. Let me move on. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. <clears throat> Why do I need the Holy Ghost? Why do I need the Holy Ghost? Acts chapter 4, verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with Boldness, boldness, amen. We need to be baptized with the Holy Ghost boldness today, amen. We, me and my wife have been having many conversations uh, on this, this subject here, but when you get the Holy Ghost, you get boldness, a boldness. You know, a lot of times the world <coughs> calls something that where I'm talking about right here is they call it peer pressure. That, that, that a person does something because they were just, uh, they, it was a peer pressure. It is, peer pressure is powerful. Now, it's not just for children. Older people have a lot of peer pressure too. And uh, we just have a lot of pressure. <laughs> we're in, in this pressure cooker world that we're in. They want us to conform, right? They want us to line up. You, you, I think we had a past president that said, you know, you people are going to have to line up. You religious people are going to have to line up, you know, to the way the world is today. It's not, we're, we're moving beyond all that, and you're going to line up to the way it is. Well, that's a, that's a lot of pressure on God's people. And, uh, and we face, you face those things. But when you get the Holy Ghost, you get a boldness that says, I don't, as what, what did Peter said when they told him, whatever, you said, you, we're going to let you go, but don't, don't use that name anymore. I'm preaching that name. Don't talk. He said, let me tell you something. Do we, are we going to obey man or are we going to obey God? They let him loose, and at one point they let him loose, and, and somebody came back and said, the people that you let loose, they're out there in the street still preaching right now. I'm telling you, that's Holy Ghost boldness. Amen. They were full of the Holy Ghost. 
and God moved on them that they had boldness. I, I pray for boldness. <coughs> Paul prayed for boldness. Amen. That we need to proclaim this truth. We need to, we need to, to stand up and say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation. And it's truth. It's truth. And it's the way. It's light. It's life. <clears throat> you shall receive power. Holy Ghost boldness. Amen. Teaching us. These are things that the Holy Ghost, that we get when we get the Holy Ghost. Peter was filled with the Holy Ghost, <clears throat> the Bible says. And that's why he did what he, or was able to do what he did. Anybody ever felt pressure not to say something when you probably should have said something? Not to speak up? I mean, how many times have anybody ever went to pray and you just kind of felt a nervousness about praying? Like I'm sitting across from this guy and my coworker. And I, should I, I should have bowed my head. And so you just say, in Jesus' name. <laughs> you, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about if you, when you get the Holy Ghost, you get a boldness. This might not be popular, but here it is. You might not like me, but here it is. Amen. And uh, even your children. I'm telling you, even in our world today, even the children need the mom and dad to have some Holy Ghost boldness in their life and say, you know what? This is just the way it's going to be around here. I, I love you. I'm not, I'm for you. I'm not against you. I, I'm not, I, I want you to, to do, I want you to have a happy life. But I'm telling you, this is the right way. If you follow this path, it's going to lead you to a lot of blessings. Amen. Acts chapter 9, verse 31. Acts chapter 9, verse 31. <clears throat> the Bible says, Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, and were edified, and walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. Look what it says there walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost. The comfort of the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> the Bible calls him the comforter, doesn't it? You know, the, the, there's, a, there's a lot of money in the drug world today. A lot of money in the drug world. And I'm not talking about just uh, the illegal drugs. I'm talking about things that tried to, people are trying to find comfort. There's a lot of chaos in people's world, and a lot of confusion in people's world, and a lot of disorder. And the Bible says that when you receive the Holy Ghost, he will comfort you, comfort you. I got to be careful sometimes. I just, we had a, we went to one place here a while back, and, and man, I just, I, God, give me a boldness right now. I just feel like, I don't want to, I want, I don't want people to be upset. I just, you know, we went to this one place one time here a while back, and and it was a, a birthday party or some kind of, a, maybe it was an anniversary for somebody, and, and we were there, and 
we're sitting here in this, this venue. It's a, a rented venue where they catered in, had nice food, nice location. And here's this couple that walks in, and they have a dog. And uh, they're in this nice, wonderful venue, walking in there with this dog. That's okay. But on this dog, it had, what, did, what do they call those? They, they had, a, had a little jacket on it. <laughs> what do they call it? What, what did it say? It was comfort dog or something like that. Is that what it? Huh? Service dog? No, it didn't say service dog. It said comfort dog, I think is what it said. Is that, am I right? I got to ask my wife. I want to make, I don't want you to think I'm crazy. You know, <clears throat> comfort dog, service dog, something like that. Huh? Emotional dog. I don't know. <laughs> this is getting crazy, isn't it? <clears throat> Man, I don't know why it, it was just like something hit me. It just ruined my day. Man, I just like, what in the, and it was, and I knew this couple. They were, they were people that went to a church down the road. Apostolic people, Pentecostal people. And, and, and please don't take this as a means of thinking I'm making fun of anybody because there are, there are exceptions, I do believe, to the rules. But this has just got out of hand. And I said, look at that. I told my mom, look at that. These people got the Holy Ghost, claim to have the Holy Ghost. And they got a comfort dog they're dragging around in a wonderful venue like this. What in the world, you know? What is that telling people about, you know, I believe when you get the Holy Ghost, he will comfort you. Amen. You don't need to drag a dog around with you every place to find comfort. Now, if you got a dog, that's fine. And you want to take your dog places, that's fine. But don't put a robe on him and say it's a comfort dog. Just, just drag him around. I don't care. But don't put a comfort and say, <coughs> amen. You get the Holy Ghost, you get the comforter. Amen. And he takes care of a lot of all the, a lot of that stuff, folks. Man, I just I hope you understand what I'm saying because I don't, again, when you get the Holy, he's a comforter. You might you could get off drugs when you get the Holy Ghost. You can get off depression drugs when you get the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Why do I need the Holy Ghost? Because I, I need a comforter. Who knows if, if John Huss would be dragging a dog around today if I didn't have the Holy Ghost. <laughs> a comfort dog. I wouldn't have got a little one like that one had, though. My wife says, shh, they can hear you. I was upset. Man, they just need to be baptized with the Holy Ghost all over again or something. I didn't mean to go down that path, but, but I do want to say that when you get the Holy Ghost, he's a comforter. He's a comforter to you. Praise God. And there is, it's a wonderful thing. We need comfort. Don't think you like, well, that's a crutch. It's a good crutch. If you call it a crutch if you want to. I like it. It comforts me. He's my comforter. Amen. And it saved me from a lot of things that would destroy me. Who knows where we would be at today, what we would be turning to to find comfort, you know. Uh, there was an alcoholic drink when I, was, when I was in the world called Southern Comfort. Maybe I'd be still on that kind of stuff today, you know, that, that stuff. But let me tell you what happens when you wake up in the morning after that comforter. It ain't good. 
It's not good. But when you wake up with the Holy Ghost, <laughs> praise God. He hath no sorrow. <clears throat> he hath no sorrow. Amen. No regret. No regret. Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Romans chapter 14, verse 7. I'm just laying down some things today that, that, that if you have asked the question, why? Maybe just put a, a taste in your mouth today that the comforter, the Holy Ghost, amen, what he can do if you allow him. Oh, God, come into this vessel. Feel this vessel with your spirit. I need you. I need, I'm, I'm nothing without you. I need you. You're everything I need. Romans chapter 14, verse 17. For the kingdom of God, and I've quoted this already, for the kingdom of God is not <clears throat> meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in, you see that? In the Holy Ghost. Don't let the deceiver tell you that you can have it without the Holy Ghost. It is a lie. It is a lie. There are a lot of people that know how to act in the right time, the right place. They know how to say the right thing and, and make it look like everything's just, just wonderful. They drive nice cars and have nice houses and uh, can you know put on a nice suit, but inside there's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of emptiness there, and um, <clears throat> but when I got the Holy Ghost, what a difference it made in my life. And the kingdom of God is right is not meat and drink. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Romans 15, just if you're, since you're right there at 14, just turn the page and Romans 15, <clears throat> now the God of, verse 13, Romans 15, verse 13, now the God of, all, all, of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And, and there's, have you ever heard the word hopelessness? Hopeless, boy, that is a horrible place to be. Hopeless in a situation. I mean, they're hopeless. I'm in a hopeless situation. Oh no, that's a horrible place to be. But God can bring hope. Amen. <clears throat> that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let's move on here. Um, just got a little bit longer. Matthew chapter 13, I want to cover a couple of things here, and we won't dig into them real deep, but we'll pick back up later, Lord willing. And, um, but I want to just mention a few more things. There's so much, really, and if you just begin to seek the Lord and, and you begin to read and you begin to listen, there's so much. And really, I don't even know where, where many of you are at, and, and we do go through seasons of life, and we go through different situations and different trials, and there's times where, you know, that he's all, he's all of these in one, but yet there's just time I, you know, uh, I need comfort. There's times that I need boldness in in a very particular certain way. I guess you would say, but but he's all of these things. Mark chapter thirteen, verse eleven. 
but when they had led but when they shall lead you and deliver you up take no thought beforehand I'll give you the right one, Mark 13, 11. <clears throat> what, that, what you shall speak. Neither do you premeditate, but whatsoever shall be given you in that hour, that speak ye. For it is not ye that speak, but the Holy Ghost. Amen. Prophecy came not in old time. Here's another scripture. Came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved. <coughs> by the Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 14, another wonderful scripture there that brings this out. But he's telling us that he, the Holy Ghost will lead us, amen, will lead us. Where do I go? What do I do? The Holy Ghost will lead you. Amen. It's, this is not just a, a social club here. Amen. This is not just a religious group of people. It's, it's a people that, that uh, God's people are people that have been called out of a world of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. I mentioned to you before, earlier I said this in passing, but this is, this is something that the Bible lets us know that the, that the angels are looking into. I mean, there's people around trying to look at angels. God showed me an angel. Show me an angel. But the angels are like, let's show me somebody filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> They're looking into what this experience of, of new birth, and, and it's a marvelous thing. Amen. But the Spirit will lead us. If we're led by the Spirit, we will know what to speak. I'm in a, a different situation now than I have been in, and, and yet, yet the same. But, um, but we are in Spearfish, South Dakota now and, and uh, trying to, to plan a work there and, and meet, con meet people, make contacts, all that kind of stuff. But we pray. And again, these are discussions that me and my wife have and that uh, we pray that the Lord will give us the words to speak. Amen. We are not, you know, it's wonderful to memorize scripture. It's wonderful to hide the word of God in our heart, all that, that stuff. But there is a right time and a right place, a word fitly spoken. Amen. Needs to be, you need to be led by the Holy Ghost to say the right thing at the right time. I mean, it's, it's one, there's some, some wonderful truths in the Bible, and, and we could talk about that. But, you know, to talk about you know, maybe... I mean, it's a fascinating thing, right? To, to, you know, why did God put that tree in the midst of the garden? <laughs> why did God do that? Why didn't, because that was a reason they failed. I mean, that's a wonderful discussion to talk about, but there's, some, there's a time and a place for, you know, to, to figure out who Melchizedek was, you know? But, but a word fitly spoken. Don't, don't give a lot of, uh, of, of trying to figure a, a formula. Okay, you know, I need you to take this quick test for me to tell me what kind of personality you are because I need to know how to talk to you. Well, that's a five-minute test. Yeah, but I don't know what to say to you because if you're this personality, then I can talk to you this way. If you're that personality, no, no, no. 
Amen. The Holy Ghost will lead you. The Holy Ghost will lead you. Praise God. I'm telling you today, the Holy Ghost will help you say the right thing, do the right thing. He will control your words if you let him. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, and it's a very familiar scripture to us. Why do I need the Holy Ghost? Well, he makes us fruitful. The Holy Ghost makes us fruitful. Man, I... Galatians 5, 16 through 23, you can read it, and most of you can quote some of this, I'm sure, have heard it before. But you, you see here that he talks about the, the fruit of the sinful nature of man, and, and he talks about that. And um, then he talks about the fruits of the Spirit. You know, the fruits of man, the earth is earthy, and, 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 and it just, it's just, as one man said, flesh is a mess, and it is a mess. And the fruits of the flesh is just not very pleasing. I mean, somebody that's got a bitter spirit, angry, right? An angry, now, uh-oh. Talk about murder and adultery all you want, but let's talk about anger, you know. If you got the Holy Ghost, you got an anger problem. Hmm. Let's deal with it. Let's talk to the Lord about it. Say, God, this is not the fruit of your spirit. This is the fruit of the flesh. And it can be very destructive. I mean, people's lives have been destroyed. I mean, I mean, how many times have you heard people say, how many people have been killed by alcohol? You know, how many people because a drunk person got drunk and drove down the road and, and run into, I mean, you read it almost constantly. You know, there's so much of that in our world today and, and that alcohol has caused so many. But how many lives have been destroyed by anger? And if you get the Holy Ghost, you begin to produce the fruits of the Spirit. Amen. I want to be a hundredfold. Some 30, some 60, some 100, right? And what I say is that I want to produce the fruit. I want to be, when you see this, this tree, I want it to be full of the fruit of His Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Amen. Doesn't that sound good? Amen. Uh, wives, doesn't that sound good? Husbands, doesn't that sound good? Amen. Children, doesn't that sound good? Co-worker, doesn't that sound good? Man, that sounds great to me, to be fruitful, to have the fruit of the Spirit manifesting itself through our life because when they see your good works, they glorify your Father which is in heaven. Amen. And ultimately, we are created to glorify Him. Glorify thy name is, the, is, the, is, the, is what, you, what you see throughout the scripture. We are created. He even saved us, the Bible says. For what? He saved me so that I can be just so happy on this earth. No, he saved you to glorify his name. 
Amen. That's what he saved you for, to glorify his name. Now, we do receive all these things when we receive the Holy Ghost, but we are here to glorify his name. Amen. And I want to be fruitful because he is the one who is worthy to receive glory and honor and power. And he's the one who is worthy of it. Amen. Amen. You you could pat somebody on the back and say, good guy, but it, and, and, uh, and we'll accept it, but he's the one who has made us good. Amen. There are a lot of people shouting and crying today over someone who made a touchdown probably. They make a lot of money, but he's the one who is worthy to receive glory and honor. Praise God. Let me let, last thing, and then I'm, I'm one minute over. 2 Corinthians 3.17, now the, the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is <laughs> liberty, freedom, praise God. Don't put your hope in America, my friend. Put your hope in the Lord, amen. Don't be just be bawling and squalling the day after election because, oh, we've lost our liberty. No, if you got the Holy Ghost, <laughs> they can't take it away from you. The president can't give it to you. Amen. Put your hope in the Lord. There is a freedom. There is liberty in him. When you receive the Holy Ghost, you are released from the bondage. How many times have I have heard people say, oh, I do the things I don't want to do. Um, I've made a mess of my life, and I, I wish I could get free from this bondage. When you get the Holy Ghost, amen, you are free. You receive liberty. You receive freedom. Praise God. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. That sound good to anybody? You can get the Holy Ghost today. Stand with me. You can have the Holy Ghost today. It's for whosoever will. It is for whosoever will. We're not going to ask you to pay $1,000 for it. We're not going to ask you to join a club for it. As a matter of fact, if you're going to ask for it, you need to ask the Lord. He's the one who gives it. Amen. And, and ask God to fill us with the Holy Ghost. I want to be full of the Holy Ghost. I don't want to just taste of it. I want to be full. I want to be a flow. Out of their belly shall flow rivers of living water. How about that? God bless you. Take a 10-minute break. We'll be back here in just a few.